Welcome to episode 141 of Drew's Sports Crew here on this Sunday night. Myself, Drew Skyberg, bringing you the news in the Wisconsin sports world. And look, this week was a good one for Wisconsin sports. Where do I start? Right, Bucks back-to-back wins. Um, we talked about last week being more of a, a bitter uh, week for you know Wisconsin sports overall, but just what a great week! You know, you get you get a nice win for Green Bay today, a surprise win, maybe um, one could say. And then the Bucks pull out Saturday with the win, a back to back. I'll get into that. The Brewers then, right? Pat Murphy is your guy. I got the scoop on that. We did have a sad thing going on with the Brewers, of course, uh, with the non-tender deadline on Friday. I'll talk more about what happened with Brandon Woodruff, why the Brewers make that move, and then where they what's going to happen moving forward, um, and just that overall situation, though. Uh, but before I start, right, shout-out Point Brewery, right, Wisconsin's Brewery. Um, always, right, check them out um, right, on social, at Point Brewery. I always tag them and stuff. Um, just feel free check them out. We're getting to the holidays. All I'm saying, you need a great gift, right? Point Brewery Zero Sugar Root Beer has got you covered. I was actually just at the store today. They officially have gotten, they're rolling the Zero Sugar rebrand out. Um, they finally got it like, I think like fully rolled out. So you can see that nice Point, Point Brewery Zero Root Beer. Just good to see and a great drink for the holidays. Uh, so keep that in mind and Going over here to let's start with the Brewers. Let's start with the Pat Murphy news. Um, like the Brewers, they they ended up announcing it um, officially on Wednesday. Uh, I kind of I predicted. Um, I think a lot of people you know could have easily predicted that the Brewers were going to fill that spot quick. But my advice or slash tip was the spot's going to be filled in the upcoming days. Sure enough, it was. The news brought again. Um, Pat Murphy to the Milwaukee Brewers as your manager. Again, this guy was the bench coach uh, for the Brewers over Council's tenure as manager. Um, and being able to bring him on, right? He's there for eight seasons as the bench coach. He coached Pat or Pat coached Craig Council in college. And if you actually go, the cool thing that people were doing was going on like Pat Murphy's Wikipedia and just going to like his wins and losses, just a simple record in his college days. The dude's a winner. The dude has won games um, at the collegiate level. I'm not saying that translates automatically to the major league level, but he is experienced, right? And one big thing was brought up too that I like is he right. He was the interim manager um, for or for the San Diego Padres. It was in like 2015, so he, it was like almost 100 games he managed. So just good experience, right? Brings managerial experience at the big league level. Only you know, might well over half a season, but. Still something you want to see um, from a guy you bring in as manager. But I think the move that people love the most, which I think is totally valid, is Ricky Weeks being brought on, not your bench coach, but associate manager. So people have asked, why bring a guy on as an associate manager? Is this is this the office? Is it assistant to the regional manager, assistant regional manager? Uh, no, the idea comes down to, an enhanced slash increased leadership role is how I believe it was described. So just looking at it more from, you know, he's going to be working more with the players and going to be working, you know, and, and this even came from Pat Murphy. He's going to be working in a extended leadership role. Hence the, the title change. And okay, that works for me. Um, 
I'm excited to see how that's going to pan out. Um, definitely a move. So we were like, okay, Pat Murphy is manager. That, that was actually the, one of the only guys the Brewers brought up to brought up that they were interviewing um, officially. So you, you found that kind of interesting, but just happy, right? The Brewers got their guys, uh, Pat Murphy, right? And then also bringing in Ricky Weeks. Love to see that. It's also a three-year conference, I should add. I didn't see the, the numbers on the on the contract. We know Council got five years, 40 mil. We know. Um, I did not see the numbers on the three-year contract that Murphy received. But I'm excited. I think, especially Ricky Weeks, that's just a win for this 2024 coaching staff um, for the Milwaukee Brewers. So overall, that, that was the big move that happened for the Brewers. Um, then we saw a sad move, um, definitely was right brandon woodruff that the news so woodruff had one year before free agency so right how, how baseball contracts pan out is um you have three years right you're, you're on your like not like rookie deal but once you hit the big leagues and then years four through six four five and six are arbitration years right and right now woodruff was at between year five and year six um, between so it was going to be his final final one and uh, before that like they even submit offers and stuff Woodruff um, the right players can be tendered or non-tendered non-tendered means they could be sent to free agency but this this would have been his last arbitration year essentially he would have a free agent next year and he ended up being non-tendered um, so he will be a free agent the reason why we covered this um, in October, early October, I'd say. Uh, Woodruff needed shoulder surgery. He was going to miss most of 2024, if not all of it. So the Brewers, would he, would, he was scheduled. If the arbitration here would have taken place, it would have been like $11 million. Um, He would have made 11 point something million. So the question was, why pay a guy $11 million if he's going to be out the whole year um, and not contribute to the team? Um, and it was like... It just was really unfortunate, um, right? Because that's like the business side of baseball, not like, you know, Woodruff's been in the organization for a decade, is one of the franchise's greatest pitchers, um, you know, has some great postseason outings, you know, like it just sucks how it ended, um, I'd say. And Brewers had to make the call, and I, I'd i say it was the right call um, looking at it because what happens now is – a team's going to sign him for a two or three year deal. This is on Woodruff's side now. Um, and it's going to be to not pitch in 2024, but to pitch in 2025. So that's what's going to happen. And um, just wishing him the best. Like, he's a guy who's going to get an ovation when he returns to Milwaukee. Not a question. Um, true legend for this Brewers franchise. And we'll be remembered for the Brewers dynasty here um, that never won the, the World Series from 20, right, 2018 to here, 2023. Um, hopefully continues on, but definitely for that era. Um, the one thing the Brewers could have done, though, I do want to acknowledge this part, though. Brewers could have extended a three-year extension with him here, and they could have worked something out, right? But it didn't make sense with how the Brewers looks like are pivoting in 2024 to pay him um, and not be competitive. Now the question goes with Corbin Burns, Willie Adamas, those two guys especially. Um, what's next? Brewers have already made some trades. Jake Bowers, they bring in at first base. Rowdy Tlaz was non-tendered as well. I think that one um, probably isn't a surprise, unfortunately, just due to performance. Not a great year in 2023 for 
Rowdy Telez, he will be a free agent. Um, but Jake Bowers, bring him in from the Yankees. He's been in the league for over three years now, um, the big league service time. But I think for him, what's uh, he had actually a really nice stretch last year. The under, For him, it was the underlying numbers that, that people look at, the exit below, the hard hit rate, things like that. So he's a guy who peaks like, you know, in the advanced stats. Um, Paul, I have his stats up right now. Uh, 202 batting average, um, 95 strikeouts to 27 walks. Doesn't really peak to anybody. Um, but they make a move for Bowers. Um, and yeah, he's 28, first base. He's just a guy who they're going to probably try to work in there. Uh, reminds me, they got Blake Perkins from the Yankees last year, too. Just a guy who, who floated around borderline minor league. And they feel that potentially who, someone who could have some big league value. So they give up Jace. It was. Um, Jay Savina and Brian Sanchez in that one. Um, otherwise, those are the big ones. Abraham Toro got traded for Chad Patrick. Uh, that guy was, he's someone who hasn't really done much so far. Um, who is, he's been like in AAA, I believe. He hasn't made his big league debut yet, but he's drafted in 2021. The last guy who they got was Oliver Dunn, um, who was a second baseman who's um, 26 um, from Philly. Um, so they've just made some trades for like that. a lot of two for one deals that we've seen for the Brewers so far. We're going to see more trades this week. Guarantee it. Um, just looking at how this team's been operating. Uh, wouldn't be surprised. But I'll keep you all posted throughout the week on that. That's your Brewers talk here for the week. Let's go to Green Bay. Let's talk about the Packers win here in week 11. And what a win it was. 23-20 was your final. Packers come in three. They were three-point underdogs. Um, and to start, I'm going to go through not necessarily scoring summary, just kind of just kind of map out the picture. Um, right first quarter was 3 nothing as just the Chargers had a field goal. Honestly, it was like a sloppy game. I felt overall um, for the Packers, like for Packers, Chargers, both sides made a lot of mistakes. I felt them. But some bright spot was at the start of the second when Reed, Jane Reed had a 32 yard run, um, rushing touchdown. I talked about Reed being the most explosive um, weapon on this Packers offense over Christian Watson. And I'm going to stick with that statement. I think what what Reed has brought as just an overall football player, uh, just Watson. It's it's the mistakes for me. It's the false starts. It's the pass blocking. Doesn't really do pass blocking, but I'm saying like, you know, like the run blocking on screens or things like that, where it feel it feels like, you know, Watson's not there yet. You know, he feels more of like a weapon once in a while, like um like a trick play kind of guy, and I don't. I don't know, but it just reads the full package. I think with Jaden Reed, um, he you can use him at any you know in any level, um, and just the guy you you want to have on your squad. And they go seven seven three, they're up, and then fifty one yard pass it was the biggest play the Packers have given up this year. Um, it was Stone Smart was the guy fifty one yards there um, from Herbert ten seven, and then Carlson at ticks. Tax on that field goal, um, 10, 10 and a half. And then Cameron Dicker gets a field goal again. They get Packers get another red zone stop. It was 13, 10 Christian Watson gets that touchdown pass. Um, 
that was 16-13. Anders Carlson did miss that extra point. That was rough, rough play there. Um, Looking at, you know, I was hoping Tucker Craft could have got that touchdown um, instead of opening up that Watson play. I mean, what what a touchdown there for Watson. Just good confidence booster. And then the fourth quarter, Keenan Allen gets that 10-yard touchdown pass from Herbert. They go up 20 to 16. Romeo Dobbs, 24 touchdown or yard touchdown pass, 23-20. And then the Packers get the stop out of fourth and one. They win the game. I thought, yeah, the Chargers, they made they made mistakes. You know, there's no denying it. Whether it was the drops, what was it four or five drops? I couldn't believe it. Keaton Allen was dropped dropped a pass. But I think the worst of the, of the day was Quentin Johnston. Right, first round pick from TCU, dropped a wide open pass. He went off the knee, went off the shin. It was it was rough. Um, look, you just feel this offense is just missing. Right, Mike Williams, Gerald Everett wasn't in today. Like it was missing guys like that. Uh, this pass attack, uh, they really didn't get a whole lot on the ground. Like they didn't run the ball a lot, which to my surprise, you know, Josh Kelly was not efficient as he hasn't been all year, six for thirteen, but. Austin Eckler, 10 for 64. Um, granted, a 37-yard run was thrown in there, but excluding that still, I mean, he was he was averaging like three a carry. Um, I would have thought they would have ran the ball a little bit more, you know, 24 times. I guess the game script didn't really line up for that. But, again, Herbert, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, and uh, he, he played overall, I, I would say, solid. Um Definitely this loss still, you know, hanging on Herbert a little bit, but Eckler had one of the most surprising fumbles. You know, he a guy of Austin Eckler's, you know, right name, just phenomenal running back. Um, he like fell when he got a handoff and then stumbled and he fumbled with it. So it's just the the whole package, unfortunately. Uh didn't work out. But Khalil Mack had a big game, uh, two sacks, you know, he had two QB hits, of course, with that. Um, and then also, our thoughts are with Joey Bosa, just a brutal injury. Hoping he's okay. Hoping him the best for him. Uh, they were down him after an early injury. Um, otherwise, this this Chargers defense. Um, look, I know the points weren't up there, but they, they this Chargers defense allowed Jordan Love to throw for 322 passing yards, the most passing yards for his career. First game over 300 as well with that. So. Um, you know, when you allow Jordan Love, who has struggled this year, I've I've ranked him in the quarterbacks like mid twenties. You've allowed a guy of that who has struggled pretty bad this year, the youngest offense by far in the league, uh, to go for three hundred twenty-two yards. That says something, you know. Um, and that's something where you know Dontavian Wicks three for ninety-one. Um, honestly, he played great today. Like going to those receiving. Um, core credit where credit's due. You know, I know, right? The Chargers secondary has been rough this year, but Screen Bay receiving core had themselves a nice day. Um, I'm usually a critic on guys like Wicks and Dobbs, and honestly, I was I was quite pleased, especially with Wicks, three for ninety one, five targets, played played the role nicely. We had the nice even disbursement of targets I want in a kind of offense like this. Dobbs isn't getting targets twelve times a game. Instead, we have this beautiful diversification it's Dobbs with six Reed with six 
Musgrave with six. Exactly. Perfect. Okay. Watson in there with four. Maybe, you know, it was fine with four there for him. Um, and then Dylan with four. And then Tucker Craft had a couple in there sprinkled. I like that. Manuel Wilson had a couple. Um, Aaron Jones did too. Uh, we're hoping Aaron Jones is okay as well. A lot of a lot of unfortunate um, here injuries, especially too with Emmanuel Wilson. Just those guys, um, especially for the Green Bay Packers team, right? Um, hoping those guys are well um, and moving forward, right? It was AJ Dillon the rest of the game. They only had one running back. Dillon was not efficient in that role. Fourteen of twenty-nine. 2.1 yards a carry. Yes, that number was that low. 2.1. So that's where we're moving forward. Packers, if Jones is going to miss Thursday's game, and Wilson will too, Packers are going to have to elevate someone off the squad practice squad. Um, look, I'm running the ball is going to be tough in Detroit is what I think is going to happen if that's the case. Um because the short turnaround of four days, and it's an early Thursday game too, mind you, so it's going to be even tougher. Um, might need that pass attack that we saw with Jordan Love and that we love to see. Um, the defense, Rashawn Gary, right, had, had a sack today. Uh, he also recovered that fumble I saw, um, but then we had some others here. Carl Brooks had a nice day too. I was really pleased with how he performed. But overall, defense I felt did a great job without um, without Jair again. Um, you know, missing some guys and they they performed definitely. You know, you can really feel missing Jair here um, with this defense. Just need him, especially to match up with a guy like Keenan Allen, right? Ten for one sixteen. Look, Allen's done that on a lot of teams this year, but just want someone to stay with him, especially with the Monra St. Brown on Thursday against Detroit. Come on, got it. We they're gonna need some help. For sure, this Packers secondary. But overall, there's some sloppy defensive plays. I mentioned that 51-yard touchdown the Packers allowed. Boy, that was sloppy. There's no denying that. So, moving forward, stopping those big plays. Um, and you know, Detroit survives. Chicago today gets that win. But moving forward here for the Packers in Week 12, right? Happy Thanksgiving. We're gonna have a game on Thanksgiving Day. Finally, the Packers will have one again. And it's going to come against the Detroit Lions 11.30 a.m. kickoff in Detroit on Fox. So be watching that one, of course. Um, I'd love to see that. But this is the part of the schedule that doesn't get fun. Detroit and Kansas City are the next two. Packers, again, move to four and six. Um, this Minnesota game actually is going to matter quite a lot here that's going on right now against Denver. Uh, just for the divisional race pr perspective, um, since... How the Packers' last four games, New York, or sorry, last five games rather, New York, Tampa, Carolina, Minnesota, Chicago. You could, you real realistically see them being able to compete in all five of those. Not saying they win all five, that'd be ridiculous, but you realistically see them having, you know, being able to compete in all five of those. You know, you could say the same for this Denver, Minnesota, LA, and Pittsburgh stretch that they went one and three. Right, you could say that there too. Throw in Vegas, one and five. But at this point of the year, um, especially like with you know, like New York, for example, Carolina, both those teams um, have struggled um, as of late. New York gets the win today, but Carolina, especially, you just feel like they could win. Um, and they're four and six. Um, not saying 
not saying that they're going to win out, make the playoffs. I'm, I'm more of saying that this team might, I would laugh if this team finished eight and nine, like last year's team, I would laugh. I think that'd be funny. Um, and there there's time in the year for that to still happen, which is pretty crazy. If they beat here, Chicago, Carolina, New York, and then they win one of Tampa or Minnesota, you know, right there, there's eight wins right there. So you go, I, I might have said nine, eight, I meant eight, nine. Um, just point is the state could finish the same as last year, which is pretty crazy to see. Um, but then moving forward, um, we'll we'll be wrapping up here with the Bucks. I'm just looking how they wrapped up last year, just how how the because they went on that nice run and then they ended eight and nine. Um, just weird how how the season has gone so far. It's been a roller coaster, I think, is to say the least. Um, well, let's go to Bucks. That's enough Packer talk here for today. Milwaukee Bucks, right? I mentioned they had a great week. Uh, they had an in-season tournament game. They got the job done, right? I think everything went the Bucks' way as you would want so far, especially this week. They won out the week. I was the skeptical one. Oh, they might lose in, against Dallas in that back-to-back. You know, they're going to rest some guys. It's going to be tough. And sure enough, they went, they went all four. They made it easy this week. Four wins four in four games. Chicago. Nice start to Monday, smooth win, 118-109. Felt like they were in control for all the game. And then Toronto, too, in Toronto. like There was like deja vu from two weeks before when they were in Toronto, the same night, Wednesday night. And Lillard just goes off, 37-13. and Um, Crazy game for him. Could not miss. It was logo Lillard. It was everything. You know, the Bucs, they gave 112, no problem. They they just cruised to a win. And then Giannis also didn't play in this one, but didn't matter. Um, Malik Beasley, oh, that's your player of the week. That is your thumbnail. Have have yourself a week, Malik Beasley. He had 30 points. He was a plus 34 plus minus. I believe that was the highest I've seen this season for the Milwaukee Bucks. He was 11 for 14, 8 for 11 from 3. He was 14 of 21 in his last 21 threes over a two-game stretch was what I was highlighting in the player player of the week post because I was like, this is ridiculous. You know, you have an in-season game against Charlotte. Uh, credit Adrian Griffith leaving the starters out there a little bit longer um, as they are both they're tied with the Heat 2-0, but they have the plus-minus, the score differential, to have the tiebreaker over them. Giannis only had 16 points, but when you have... Damian Lillard, and then you have Malik Beasley, 27 points, 20 points. Beasley was plus 31 in this game, plus minus. Just the Bucks have been um, so far, though, this year, nonetheless, when he's played a good chunk of minutes, they've actually been a really, like, not like, right, they're still a great team if, if he was there, right? But just the impact he's made has been, you know, you, I don't know if you would have quantified it to this level. Um, that he's making right now with this team, especially with Jay Crowder out, going to be missing some time. Um, they said eight weeks or so. It just has been incredible to see the impact he's had, and Brook Lopez being him his efficient self too. Um, had six blocks against Charlotte. It was like just everything was going their way. It felt and a good win, a thirty-one point win, I should add, on that, and then a Dallas game. I watched it was a phenomenal game. 
um, uh, on a Saturday night in Milwaukee. All the stars were playing. That's what I was shocked about. I was like, someone's sitting out. Load management, right? Everybody's playing. Game went down to the stretch. Um, after Dallas had a 40-point third quarter, they won that quarter against the Bucks by 11. But Giannis was 18 for 26 with 40 points. And then Andre Jackson got a lot of minutes too. Love to see that. Uh, when I say a lot, he got 12. And he started. So like to his credit. Um, so he didn't really play like a lot of minutes. But for his standards, 12 minutes was, you, you'd love to see it, I would say. Um, and then Pat Connaughton. Um, talk about difference maker in this one. Plus 22 plus minus. Uh, the Bucks were like, he, he was a, with that fourth quarter, te- that lineup, that rotation that Griffin, Adrian Griffin had out there. He was four for nine from three and he made the big, he made the big ones. So you talk about having a closer Damian Lillard made some nice moves instead of forcing up a shot, got it out to his guy, Pat content in the quarter. Um, it was a fun win. Um, and bucks won that quarter by 16. They get the seven point win over Dallas. Decent job defensively too. You know, Doncic had still had a great game. And then Kyrie, of course, they both did 39-35, but I think on the other guys, especially, it was a tough game for Derrick Jones over seven. You know, things like that is where they won. They beat this team, the Mavericks, and again, cruised to a 4-0 week. And then going through the prediction challenge, we have a tough week ahead of us for the Bucks. Other than Monday and Monday and Friday, you have Washington, you have the Wizards. You have the Wizards for an in-season tournament game on Friday at home. That's a nice place to play them. So that'll be nice. Um, but you start tomorrow against the Wizards. And then Wednesday at Boston, 6.30 p.m. on ESPN. That'll be a great game to watch as Drew Holiday. And again, the Celtics are going to face the Bucks. And Sunday you go to Portland, too. That's at 2.30. So weird time there. 2.30 on a Sunday is that game. Overall, I'm looking forward to another four-game week. Love these big weeks of, of games, so excited to break those down. The Bucs also have a nice time, 2.30 there on Sunday as the Packers. They're not playing. They're playing Thursday. Works out nice. So we love to see that. And Again, before I wrap up, Atcher Sports Crew, though, is going to be where you're going to be able to see my prediction challenge on the official record. What I'm predicting this week, power rankings, all that great stuff at True Sports Crew, Instagram, X, and TikTok, True Sports Crew, Facebook, and YouTube. Right from there, the schedule looking like this week, right? You're hearing me here, episode 141 of True Sports Crew. Wednesday, around 4 p.m., I'll be bringing Journey to a Million. Zach Rouse, Jared Vleski will be joining me. We'll be going through some games before Thanksgiving. We're thankful for fantasy football. We'll be going through some of that as well. Um, and then next week, episode 142 of Drew Sports Crew will be out. But also looking, I have a guest lined up for Wisconsin Sports Spotlight. Looking to get that out to you all next week. Really excited for this guest. Um, just overall, a great asset to the Wisconsin sports community. And looking forward to talking to him on that. Otherwise, that's going to wrap it up here for myself, Drew Skybrook here. Have a great week, everybody. Um, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for listening to yet another episode of Drew Sports Crew, the perfect podcast for you.